This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. Ooh, we're back, baby. It's the Charity Stripe. Hit your free throws because they're free. I'm Joshua Fisher along with Alexander Tosopoulos and Nicholas Snacks Kreider. <laughs> the sound that we just played offended you. Don't throw your hands up in the air and curse us. Come talk to us on Instagram at the dot charity stripe or on Twitter at underscore charity stripe underscore. You could also listen to our podcast, uh, which we do twice a week, releasing Mondays and Thursdays. We do this. We interview cool people, Spotify, Apple, Audible. I think we're on these days. The whole shebang anywhere you get your podcast. If you're a Texas Longhorn fan, we also do a horns up podcast. Three of us with Quan Cosby. He's great. One of the Texas greats covering Texas football, also releasing on Tuesday. Uh, speaking of college football, right around the corner, um, big news coming next year with the SEC. Obviously, Oklahoma and Texas going there. What will happen with the Big 12? Who's to say? It'll disperse. It'll combine. It'll stay the same. I hope it doesn't stay the same because it'll be a very unpromising and uninspiring conference, to say the least. Um, we also don't get the expanded playoffs, which is kind of slouch city. So we're presumably just going to be dealing with Alabama, Ohio state, Clemson, and hopefully not Notre Dame is the way I look at it. Oklahoma, maybe if we could beat Texas. Oklahoma for Texas, if we could beat Oklahoma, people are talking about Iowa state. Um, it'd be a miracle if Clemson lost. I mean, we are just rooting for excitement at this point. Um, Georgia could sneak in there with JT Daniels, um, but college football is right around the corner and we are brought to you by bet online which means we are going to discuss futures. Go to betonline.ag today and go bet on things. Just go bet on you. you what do you need your, what are you going to do? Look at your money. You're going to sit there and count your money. Oh, I got a hundred dollars. Who cares? No, go bet on that and make it $200. And where do you guys do that? Betonline.ag. Betonline.ag. What, what's the difference between yeah. looking at, just, I, it's a question to you guys. Okay, What's yeah, the difference sure. between looking at the, the Apple stock and saying that is any different than me putting a future bet down on the Dallas Mavericks to win the NBA championship? Okay. I think it's a good question. I would say the difference is, okay, let's say you throw 50 on the Apple stock. It could conceivably right. go down to 35, but it's never going to go down to zero. Right. If you throw 50 on the Mavs to win the championship, that could become a zero. It will yeah. become a zero, unfortunately. It would be highly likely that it will become a zero. However, if it doesn't, mm-hmm. you're getting more than 75, right? That's true. So it's it's all uh a stock. Yeah. It's perspective. Yeah. I mean, we've I've thrown down I threw a f- sometimes I I love futures bets because I forget about them. Like I just did before we got on the show, and I was like looking, we were going on bet online, looking at all the futures. 
And I looked at that. I had a future open for the White Sox that I put on before the season to win the World Series. 53 shackles to win 530 of them. Pretty good. We'll see. Nice. We'll see. You guys have any futures open right now while we're on the subject? Got the Padres winning the World Series, and I've got that too. Winning the MVP. What do you have? What did you have to tease at? Uh, plus 700. So, 100 what? 700. Yep. 100 to win 700 macaroos. That's, why was that's he, right. Why was he that much at the beginning? That was, that was to start the season. Even still, it's kind of a weak, that's kind of a, a, a gimme. I mean, I think going into the season, Mookie Betts was the favorite. Um, you also had Soto out there, you had Acuna. Yeah, um, Freeman. Freeman. Well, it's, it's it's tough when like all those guys are so so good. I mean, yes, you put hundred down, you win seven hundred. You're very happy with that. And obviously, Tatis is leading the race right now, pending he comes back and, and doesn't miss a lot more games, which we're all hoping for, of course. Um, but it's kind of the way it goes with any big sport. It's like the guys you think are going to be up there in odds normally are right. And it's not like, it's just so difficult to predict who's going to win one of those type of awards Mm -hmm. an MVP type of award. We're going to get into Heisman that no one can have fantastic odds, meaning, sorry, no one can have really, really low plus odds. It's just, it's just impossible. There's, there's too much that can happen in a season. Do you guys think this is crazy? Yeah. So I put, like I said, I put the uh, futures on the Padres winning the world series and I put a futures on Tatis. Mm Mm-hmm. My futures for the Padres is worth less than Tatis. It was, I got them at plus six fifty, and I put them on. I put them in at the same time. Hmm. What do I? I have the Padres at plus nine hundred. It's crazy. I have fifty to win four fifty. That is, I mean, the Tatis is like, is he minus one ten right now? He's like negative money. He's like minus money. Yeah, he's minus money. I think he's like minus one hundred five or minus one ten or something. I mean, he needs to come back. I think he's going to get activated this week. Um, and stuck in center field. I know we want to talk about college football, but we were going to talk about this anyway, so we have no problem like really doing it. And they're going to stick him in center field. Is that what we're doing here? Do you like that? Is that cool? Like, what or, or left? I, I think it's going to be exciting to see. There's exciting and there's dangerous, but look, it's not like he's playing amazing defense at short anyway. So Cronenworth well, realistically is probably the best. Cronenworth, Cronenworth and Hotslug Cam are both better defensive players, I think personally. Um, so I think they believe that it's the most optimal lineup to put Cronenworth at shortstop and Frazier at second base and then Hosmer at first, Manny at third, and then put Tatis in the outfield. Um, and then, you know, on a day where Hassan Kim plays shortstop, you put Cronenworth at first or Cronenworth at second. I mean, it's just the most optimal lineup, I think, getting the best bats in the lineup. Makes sense. I would love to see Tatis in left and just shag fly balls versus center. I mean, I know he's an uber athlete, but center is a dangerous spot. But is it are we if he continues to miss games? Are we getting to a point? I think Bryce is like plus four hundred. Trey Turner is like plus in uh, Freeman. Yeah, I mean he's gonna get activated in Arizona. So mm-hmm. um, I mean he's been taking BP. He's been throwing. He's been catching fly balls in the outfield. I think he's ready on um, yeah. this road trip. So hopefully he doesn't miss any more games after this stint on the on the IL. But regardless, I think I think he's gonna come back and I think he's gonna lock it up. Well, that's good to know. I'm happy to hear that. And then I also uh, have one more future. It's oh, not what, hit, what is it? But I got Blake Snow winning the Cy Young. <laughs> oh, God, that is, a, that is a train wreck. The world train wreck. I mean, the Cy Young race is tight with DeGrom's injury. Yeah, well, Wheeler's definitely pitched out of his mind, so he's got a chance. So is Bueller. Favorite right now, Bueller's a chance. Max Scherzer's got a good chance. 
uh, the three guys, the three guys in the, the Brewers. Right. Gosman's got a great chance too with, uh, with the Giants, but you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, there's still a lot of baseball left. It's pretty much just like the only one that's got the, the lock of lock. There's like two locks, honestly. It's Otani and Lynn seem to be locks. Yeah. But- I mean, if Otani misses time, I guess, or let's say he goes on a really bad slump, then I can see they giving it to Vlad because he's been playing out of his mind still. Um, but I think Lance Lynn has locked in the Cy Young for sure. I think at this at this rate, unless someone unless he collapses, which I'm gonna get there's another month, but unless he collapses, yeah, there's um, another there's another month and a half. I mean, there's yeah. plenty of time. Absolutely. Okay, college time football for for certain things, but not enough time for Blake Snell to turn around. Sorry. No. Yeah, he had a nice start. Um, his last start. What did he throw? He punched thirteen guys. Yeah, seven shutout innings too. <sighs> That's all you need. It's only a lot of up and down in baseball. We could kind of delve back into that and we'll just do a little ring around the rosy, but back to college football, which we started with originally. What are we seeing for the odds, Nick? You got bet online up. Talk to us odds. Who's the favorite to win it all? Give us maybe the top six and give me the Heisman favorites. Yeah. So obviously the top dog, it's going to be like this every single year. It has been like this every single year since college football has you know, been going pretty much mm-hmm. Alabama. We got them at plus 250. They're the uh, the all odds favorite. After that, you got Clemson at plus 450. You got Oklahoma coming in at third at plus 600. Georgia at plus 650. Ohio State at plus 700. And then the the one that kind of shocked me was Iowa State. They're hmm. uh, the six best odds and they're plus 2,500 tied with Texas A&M. Um, yeah. If I were to look at a value pick i would definitely say ohio state is my value pick there at plus 700 um it's always tough to get plus 250 you know for a team like bama i mean that might be the best odds you're going to get for them in a national championship but it's so early plus 250 is so early yeah it's like at the top of the year taking someone to win at plus 250 it's like something you take maybe like week nine yeah exactly when you know like they're fine Look, you see LSU firing on all cylinders like they did a couple of years ago. You see them at plus 250. You're like, all right, let me just make a quick 250 bucks. Last year, I put, I think, a couple hundred dollars on Bama, like at minus 200 or something before they even got to the national championship because I knew that that was going to be the best possible odds that they were going to get. There was no was way like, that team was losing. No, exactly. And like, I get, like, it's. It, I mean, you have to look at it in certain ways. And it's like, I'm almost glad, like, the more I think about the, the happy, I mean, it could be tougher for Texas with the expansion of the playoffs, presumably, who knows. But, like, someone needs to come in there and challenge Bama. We also need some some difference. We can't be looking at it year in and year out. I mean, okay, Ohio State, Clemson, Bama, and Oklahoma going at it. Oklahoma versus Alabama in the one and four, and Ohio State, Clemson in the two and three. And, like, what are we going to do? Like it was literally, it was like that, like every year it's like, okay, like what's going to happen? Like, yeah. and you know, can Rattler have an amazing season? Like is it Rattler who I think, I think the Heisman's exciting. Yeah. Like, I like, you know, like obviously I don't think anyone anticipated Devonta Smith really winning it last year because a wide receiver hasn't won. It's Nam, but you have Trevor Lawrence, who was like the favorite last year and he was the presume or fields. And then you talk, okay, these guys are going to get it at least. And then, out of the out of nowhere, Devonta Smith comes in, which is great. I'm hoping something like that happens this year. But already to start the field is pretty, pretty skimp as far as like okay, this guy is for like Rattler's the favorite, right? And then who's two and three and four? Well, Rattler's the favorite at plus five fifty. JT Daniels, quarterback out of Georgia, is second at plus seven hundred. Bryce Young, the quarterback out of Alabama, who he hasn't even played a snap yet, right? 
Yeah, he's thrown a couple of balls, but he's, he's, thrown, a, he's thrown a couple. He's thrown a couple, but um, plus 1,000 at third, uh, tied with uh, DJ Wielongalele uh, from Clemson. Um, so I think those guys right there, I mean, those are all the quarterbacks at the big, at the big schools that, you know, are mentioned in the top schools that um, have the best odds for a title. Yeah. DJ Yongalele, first of all, we could, I could listen to somebody say his name a million times and like, it's just kind of hard and I get nervous. Yeah. No, you, I you get, you know what I'm saying? I know I can feel, I, I, I felt, I got, I was like, God, you know, like it's not, it's nobody's fault. It's just the, it's just the circumstance. It's just like hot wings. Yeah. Like, you know, they're going to be spicy. You do it anyway, but you can just anticipate the pain and it's a little nerve wracking. I mean, how many times, times do you think they're like, also like, or like, uh, you know, Musburger or, or Chris Fowler, you know, just repeat his name over and over again. Oh, like, dude, uh, what do you think they're doing in the shower all season? <laughs> we, uh, Yolongalele. Yolongalele. It's like, they're sitting there in the shower, like just going over and I, that's what I would do. I mean, shower, I mean, the shower is the best place to get anything done. Thank, thank God. We can't bring electronics in the shower because I'd be laptop in the shower. Yeah. I mean, they One say the most we'll profound there. moments happen when hot water touches your head. Real? Is that what it is? Yeah. Huh. It like stimulates your brain or something. Nice. Does it? Because I know that I, I, from what I've heard, cold showers are actually better for you. Better for your skin, better for your hair, and yeah, also better for like your, your mental health as well. So just, just take that as you will. Well, cold showers. Mean, it makes sense because hot showers make you think too much. So sometimes that's not mm, good for your mental health. Wow. Look at this. You guys, the listeners thought they were getting sports. They're getting science. Sports science with John Brankus. The <laughs> our boy. Shout out to his family. Shout out to his family for sure. Big shout out to his family. All right. We Heisman. Is the JT Daniels thing ridiculous? Like, why is that the case? He's good. I'm with it. Can I, am I like, a, am I going to be a loser from buying into the USC and Slovis thing? Like yeah. They, I'm a loser from doing the US, whole USC thing this year. Can't trust it. Yeah, you can't. No. I want to. Like, I, I, I like Slovis. I like USC. Like, I want to buy into it. It's just like, I just know I'm going to be sitting there. I'm looking, I'm, I'm cranking up their schedule right now. They're the 14th ranked team in the coaches poll to start, which is like, okay, like, which is kind of what they have. I'm looking at their, their, their they have, they play at Notre Dame this year. You know they're gonna get popped in the mouth there. You know, and that that's it. They're gonna be great all year. They'll probably drop the game to ASU at ASU. Oh, they were like the number twelve team, and they're upset like late in the season. They'll lose to Notre Dame. Notre Dame will run the table, and that's how Notre and that'll be Notre Dame's signature win against USC. The you know, you know the Fighting Irish get in there again because they beat the game Trojans. It's like I hate Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't like that they always get in either. So they're the most slouch. I mean, thankfully they play like they got UNC Sam Howell. You like you guys like Sam Howell? I do. I think he's good. We'll go around. Who does everyone think's got to win the Heisman this year? Toss. We'll start with you. I mean, got to go with my Longhorn Bijan Robinson, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. look, it, it's the last running back to win it was Derrick Henry. Um, and his and, odds are great too. I mean, he's got, um, he's got plus. 2200 odds do they want to give it to these bama and clemson kids like where are we where do we stand with that or is it is the public over i mean i feel like they like giving it to a guy and not that texas is that you know outside the box i mean that's why it's got me thinking about what's Brees hall at um i think he is at uh plus 2800 so slightly above Bijan. but 
I mean, I think personally that a lot of it also comes down to winning too, right? Mm-hmm. So you look at a program like Oklahoma, like Georgia, like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State. I mean, those are those are the top programs that have the best odds for you know, getting the championship done, right? And so, mm-hmm. especially for quarterbacks, you know, definitely factors into how you're how many how many games you're winning. Yeah. And look at Devonta Smith, right, and Mac Jones. They're both Heisman finalists, and they're both national champions. Yeah, that's true. Who are you going with? Um, I'm personally going to go with DJ Wielongalele. I, I think that his odds are pretty strong at plus 1,000. Yeah. Um, Spencer's definitely a really impressive, you know, player, and I think that he is very athletic and he has the all the tools to to be a capable Heisman candidate. But plus 550 just doesn't seem like the best odds. It doesn't with, seem like good odds. That's why I'd I'm like go with plus 1,000 mm-hmm. at a guy who's who's taken over from Trevor Lawrence at Clemson with an amazing coach and probably going to see himself in the college football playoff. I'm not hundred percent sold that Oklahoma is going to make it. I'm not sold. They're going to make it. I'm sold on Rattler. The plus five fifty is scary. The plus five fifty is scary. And you hope, I mean, you got to pretty much be hot from the jump to win the Heisman. The issue with Rattler, he's so athletic, but he doesn't run. Like it's not like he's a barn burner of a runner. He ran for six scores last year. This is not like a guy like Johnny or a guy like Cam. Like these guys ran for right. scores. Yeah. And for me, plus five, the difference between plus 550 and plus 1000, I mean, that's almost, it's almost double your money, right? Mm-hmm. Are we saying that Spencer is that much better than DJ? No, we're not. We're not saying so, that at all. Who's your pick? I'm going, I want to go with Spencer. I really think he's going to be great. I want to go with him. And just because I said last year, I thought he was going to be great. It's super tough though. I mean, like it's, well, well keep in mind, I'm not just saying who do you think is going to win it? You know? Cause obviously we want the guy with the best odds. No, I know. But I know who, who is your best value pick. If you're giving advice to our audience, giving advice to our audience by best value pick. I mean, probably going to go how honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, he's the only guy. Like, Look, DJ hasn't had a full season of starting. Bryce Young, Sarkeesian's gone. New offense, right? Rattler is the, you know, like the incumbent guy. That's why he's the favorite, but he's, his odds aren't great as we're discussing. The running right. backs, like when the running backs has won like what, once in the last 10 plus years, like 10 years. So it's like the guy that knows the system the best is the best. Like if he knocks off Clemson and they run the table, he's going to win the Heisman. Right. Sam Howell knocks off Clemson and they run the table. He's going and they beat Notre Dame, Heisman. I think I think Howell's been there longer. I mean, he's got a great coach, Mac Brown. They seem like they could be, you know, the the most competitive team inside the ACC outside of Clemson. They've got a great receiving core. A lot of their guys are coming back. Um, I mean, I went to high school with one of those. Actually, I didn't go to high school with him. He's younger than me. But Bo Corrales went to my high school. Yeah, uh, he's a great wide receiver. Kafri uh, Brown is he's great. I mean, they've got some great guys on that team that are going to stand out and help help Sam maybe lock it down. So mm-hmm. plus 1600s are is pretty good odds for a guy like that who could be the number one overall pick. Yep. I like it. So Bijan, Howell, Nick's got DJ. That's our college football odds. We're not going to get into the playoff because it's just what I, I, I not yet. Yeah. We'll get more into that as they go. The odds are weak sauce right now. Yeah. And I'm honestly dreading that day that it comes to that where we have to come and tell the people of 1090 
oh, we're talking about the college football playoff, and here are our predictions, and here's who's going to win, and, oh, it's going to be Alabama versus Clemson. Like, as we've discussed, I, we have to come out with some cockamamie Stephen A. Smith, you know, baby back BS, take it up. Cincinnati's going to take the crown this year. I really, and it's because I like college. I think the most exciting games are in college football. I, I like it. I'm looking at NFL games, the 28 to three game with the Pats, the Eagles Super Bowl where they beat the Pats. Obviously, the Giants. I mean, there's been some great Super Bowls, but as far as like, ever, I'm like almost every game in college football is a Super Bowl, and it's so exciting. And you look at like the kick six is one of the craziest things I've seen in sports. I have no skin in the Auburn Alabama game, the Iron Bowl. I have no skin in that game, but the kick six is still one of the most remarkable things you'll see in sports. Uh, Ohio State gets the fourth down stop in Penn State. Like you think just off the top of my head, Clemson versus Ohio State a couple years ago in the playoffs. Like, you know, obviously Georgia versus Oklahoma, the finish in the Bama versus Georgia game. I mean, so many Iron Bowls. There's just so many crazy finishes and co- so many more crazy finishes in college football. It seems because every game means more. If you lose a game, you're pretty much toast. You don't get in. And we'll get into the college football futures more in depth another time. And I don't want to be negative, Nancy. I don't want to harp on the fact that it's always the same teams. But the sport just deserves more. I don't know. There's my rant. We'll move on. But we are going to take a break. We'll come back. We teased baseball. We'll get a little into baseball. We'll do some side debates. And then we'll also do some summer league if we got time in segment two. But that was segment one with the charity stripe. Nick, Josh, Alex, we out you. We love you. See you soon. We're back, baby. Again, it's the charity stripe. Pitch your free throws because they're free. I'm Joshua Fisher, along with Alexander Disopolis and Nicholas Snacks Kreider. Find us on Instagram at the.charity.stripe and on Twitter at underscore charity stripe underscore. We teased baseball at the top. We were talking about college football in the first segment. We're back in the second segment. We were discussing kind of some futures for, for MVPs. Otani's the betting favorite. FTJ is the betting favorite. FTJ is in a bit of trouble, but it looks like he's coming back for the Arizona series and presuming he stays healthy and continues to hit at his absurd pace. He will D Jack Hobbs locking in for 20 million rupees, the MVP for the NL. But a lot of teams, the Dodgers are still the favorite to win it all. Is that crazy to you? I don't think it's crazy, especially with the acquisitions that they made at the deadline with Scherzer yeah. and Turner. Um, yeah. They definitely, you know, bolstered their lineup, the rotation there. They I mean, it's the most ridiculous lineup in baseball, but it's kind of crazy because of the fact that the giants have been so hot and there's no signs of them slowing down at all. And they've got the most wins in all of baseball, but it makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. I mean, look, I, I'm, I was like thinking about, I hate to see it. Cause I know like I'm, we have a lot of listeners in Los Angeles, but a lot of our listeners are San Diego peeps. You're a San Diego guy. I pull for the Padres over the Dodgers. Let me put that out there. I do want to say, I think this Dodgers team, everyone at full health, and now they're not at everyone at full health. Keep that in mind. Kershaw's hurt. Mookie's back on the IL. Not at full health. Turner's been hurt a little bit. Turner's been banged up. It is still, though, is one of the best teams I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, but, you know, there's definitely teams out there that look amazing on paper that just don't put it together sometimes. I mean, they've had some amazing teams in the past, and they just finally won their first World Series in a shortened season last year. It's absolutely true. Paper is paper for a reason. The NL East is a death trap. I mean, the Phillies, the Braves, the Mets are all separated by a game and a half. Mets are collapsing. Then they've come back to life. The Braves are over. And now they're starting to rake. The Phillies may have the Cy Young winner. They may have the MVP. 
Reese Hoskins goes in the D uh, the IL, which is unfortunate. I, I'm looking at this whole, like the only team that really has a serious grasp on the division that I'm like, okay, there's, I'd be, it'd be blasphemous if they lost the division at this point is the brew crew and the brew crews lineup. Isn't sexy. I'm not looking at the brew crews lineup and going, okay, if they have to get into a slug match with the pods, the Dodgers, Braves, Phillies, and or Mets, whoever comes out of the NL East that th- they're going to be the favorite there. But the, he gets to the playoffs. They have Hater, who's out right now with COVID. He'll be back. Dev Williams will be back. Boxberger. They've had other relievers come through who have been great. But they have Peralta. They got Woodruff. They got Burns. Their one, two, three is absolutely treacherous. Yeah. Would it be crazy if the Brewers won the NL? Would you be shocked? I'd be pretty shocked, honestly. I just, that, pitching is, is electric for them. And I think that, you know, it's definitely been their bread and butter this season, but you still got to score runs and teams like the Dodgers teams, like the Padres um, teams, like the Phillies will, will outscore them eventually. I mean, you got a one, two punch, um, you know, and a pretty good three guy as well, but you're still playing five game series. You're still playing sometimes seven game series. So you got to be able to have guys that, you know, can sustain that power. Brewers do have a great team, and I, I agree with you. I think they have that division locked up. Cincinnati's been playing some good baseball, but the Brewers shouldn't be worried about them. The Padres should be worried about them because they're definitely sniffing the Padres' butt a little bit right now in the wild card. The Reds are. I mean, the Reds can hit. I said the Reds, right? Yeah, you did say the Reds. No, I, I, you did say the Reds. The Reds can really hit, and, and that is troublesome. I mean, Vado has been playing out of his mind. Winker has been has been an MVP. Cassianos has been hurt too. Cassianos has been out. I mean, the whole they're a well constructed team. Castillo, he had that one blow up game, but other than that, he's been awesome. Wade Miley has been a revelation. I always tell you, Kyle Farmer, another guy that's been great. I mean, the whole team has been great. And, and I, I always tell you, I like Jonathan India, and you always like snuff me off and tell me to kick rocks, and then you don't want to be my friend anymore. But Jonathan India is a good baseball player. I, 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 he's, he's really good. He's a really good unsung baseball player. He's going to be one of those guys, maybe not be incredible for his entire career, but he'll be like a Mark Loretta type. We go, Oh yeah. Remember him? Like oh, that guy. No. Uh, you know, like, I knew that was going to get a rise at, I knew. Hey, the kid's got an on-base percentage of over 400. Castellanos has been like really something special though. And he's back. He played the other day. Um, so he's back in the mix, back in the fold. The AL is a bit more, of a question mark. I mean, I I'm liking, I mentioned in the first segment, my white Sox pick, I, I was talking to a guy who interns for us and he's a white Sox fan. And he was saying how he has no faith. And I looked him in the That's eye crazy. and I, was, I looked, I, I looked him in the eye. I said, look, I know the way the world is. I know how I have to be. And I have to treat you with more kindness than I would have had to treat you 30 years ago. Yeah. You're still on crack kid like this is the white Sox team he's like oh you know they're just gonna blow it they're inexperienced i'm done with the inexperienced nonsense no. bring up a good point of like he's like it reminds me of the cubs team when the cubs were good but they lose to the mets the mets go to the world series like 2015 but they come back the next year and they win the world series it kind of has a reminder of that in 16 and i go that's a good point i understand the whole chicago thing the cubs team was young on the come up but this is they have a brayu they have Lynn. They have Keuchel in the fold. Giolito's a proven ace. Rodon is on the IL, but he'll be back. Kimbrell is a winner. Hendricks is a winner, and that's their back end of the bullpen. Again, this is like, yeah, they have Aloy, who's young. They have Moncada, who's been in the league for a little bit, but he's young. But Tim Anderson's a vet piece. 
Yeah. They bring in Cesar Hernandez, who's been really good, honestly, like out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, he's always been solid, but he's been really good. They have a they have the firmest grip of anybody on the division. They've got the firmest grip. They're 10 games above first place. And all the teams in the division are below 500. I mean, you're still you're still going to play those teams. Yeah. Season as well. I mean, that says something about the schedule, um, you know, going forward. So they're not going to be having these, you know, treacherous games that, you know, the, the AL East is going to have to experience or the NL, NL, NL West is going to have to experience. So it's, they've got a really easy road and they've got a lot of firepower. And when their guys get healthy, they're going to be scary. I mean, they're already scary, but having all of their guys at full health in the playoffs, they're to me, they look like they could be the favorite in the AL. And I know a lot of people right now are saying the Rays, but I look at the Rays and that just reminds me of the Giants, right? Like, I don't know how sustainable it, it really is. I mean, yeah, they're on fire and they're playing great regular season baseball. You still need some star power in that lineup to, to, to you know, boost you in the playoffs. They did it last year, but no glass now is a killer for me. He's Big done. Time. And I hate to say this because I'm almost tempted to throw out like if the Yankees win the division, I might give myself a vasectomy without anesthesia. I, I will be that livid. But the Yankees, they made the adjustments. Rizzo's on COVID. Doesn't matter. Voight's back and he's hitting the tar off the ball. So it's just every game you go, the Blue Jays. We're talking about the Blue Jays having the second best lineup in baseball. They're in fourth place in the AL East. By the way, they're 10 games above 500. I mean, we could have four teams with 90 wins in that division. Probably won't happen because they play each other a decent amount. The Astros should waltz in. I mean, the A's are there, but really, how worried are worried are you about the A's overtaking the Astros? Because I'm not. I mean, the AL is a bit of a question mark. I would love to see the Giants kind of hold on to this thing and watch the Padres just snuff the Dodgers out in that one game. Yeah. How happy would you be? Oh, God, I'd be so excited. I mean, that is going to be, if all else fails, that's going to be like the World Series of the season, right? If you go into LA, let's say that the Dodgers are the one seed. They will and, be, or, or they're the higher wildcard team, right? Mm-hmm. Which they probably will be. Padres got to go to LA and beat them. That would be so electric. That would just that would make my year, honestly. Would the Mets after, yeah. after going out and getting Scherzer and Turner and probably oh, yeah. throwing out Scherzer for that one game, mm-hmm. and we still go out there and beat them because we've had Scherzer's number this season, right? You remember a guy named Daniel Camarena hit a grand slam off of him. <laughs> that was crazy. That pitcher, that was nuts. Would the Mets, no Lindor really, no DeGrom in the second half. The Mets still blow this lead, blow it, quote unquote, because the lead was never that sizable to begin with. Do they fire the manager? Do they kick, They tell him to pound sand, eat snow, kick rocks? Is he toast? I would say, yeah. I think that they have enough star power where, you know, you have some question marks why this team can't actually win. I mean, yes, the DeGrom injury and the Lindor injury are, are really pivotal and they hurt your team, but you still went out and got Javi Baez, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you still have Pete Alonso. Yeah. Still got Dom Smith. Dom Smith. You know, you still got some good pieces on your team that can play good ball. I mean, Conforto couldn't hit the baseball off of T. It's pathetic. Borderline, honestly. You hate to see it. Um, but I will say baseball, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling a White Sox World Series run, and I'm feeling it against the Brewers, Nick. Well, I, you, you, you bet on so I know I bet on them. I bet on line.ag, but I'm feeling that run. I am. I am. I'm feeling that run. Uh, who else are we brought to you guys by? We're brought to you by Sided. Go to go Sided. You know what? You don't you don't lose money at Sided. You just go and you debate people. Who doesn't like that? I mean, look, you, you get lose debate. your temper every now and then with people who have outrageous takes. 
which is like, who doesn't like that? I would rather lose my temper on sided than lose my temper on my landlord, which I'm about to do after we're done recording. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I know like I'm smiling at you guys right now because it's ridiculous. And I really don't want to lose my temper at anybody. You know what? Your your landlord is also unsighted. So you, if you want to lose your temper on him, he was unsighted. You could also lose your temper on him unsighted and call That's him true. out. I could call so him out. What's our side of the debate this week? Here's our side of debate. I watched the Hall of Fame thing. The induction ceremony is the thing I'm talking about. The thing. I watched that, that Hall of Fame thing. That the Hall of Fame thing with the jacket. I know I watched that this past weekend. Peyton's speech, obviously electric. The guy is so funny. I can Edgar James was swag. Edgar James was swag. If Peyton, we say this all the time, like, oh, the rock for president. I could get behind Peyton Manning. I got to see his views on certain things. If they line up enough, I can get behind Peyton Manning. I have a feeling they don't. But I have a feeling they <laughs> don't either. So it's not going to work out. The Rock is still my A1 steak sauce in the presidency with John Cena as his running mate. I'm curious to see what Peyton has to offer. Great speaker, funny guy. The thing with Peyton Manning, though, is I'm watching this. And who's in the audience? Tom Brady's in the audience. Watch him get inducted. Tom Brady's there. And I'm thinking to myself, and by the way, Brady's like, he wants a gold jacket so badly as if he's like not going to get one. It's like, dude, they're going to like make a special kind of jacket for you. How many Super Bowls do you think Manning has with no Brady? Keep in mind, he loses one on the Colts, the Saints, loses that one of the war, probably the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen against the Seahawks, like 43 to eight. Yeah. So he's been to four and he's won two, right? Mm-hmm. He loses the Broncos and then one with the Colts against the Bears, right? Yes, correct. He Broncos loses. Broncos against the Panthers, also not a great game, but better than the Seahawks one. The Bears one, I saw the highlights the other day. That was like, we're going to kick the Hester. But that, I mean, Rex Grossman, you guys got to watch the highlights of that game. Rex Grossman has to be one of the worst starting quarterbacks in a Super Bowl of all time. I just remember the, the, uh, the Lovey Smith quote of Rex Grossman is our quarterback. Rex Grossman is our quarterback. He's our quarterback. And like, he's by far the worst Super Bowl quarterback. He's horrible. Borderline, dare I say, pathetic. Yeah. Would that be, I know our boy Quan, like on our other podcast, Horns Up, if you like Texas football, go check that out. To release in Tuesdays, anywhere you get a podcast. He doesn't like it when we say not good like that because we're pathetic or throw terms around like that for players because, again, they're playing at the highest level. Obviously, he's an incredible quarterback. But as far as NFL starting quarterbacks, four Super Bowls go, he's the bottom of the barrel. As far as decision making goes by an NFL organization, that should not be your starting quarterback. The Bears right? do that all the time, though. The Trubisky thing, the chicken cutlet thing. They never. I mean, Fields is like their best, best chance to turn around. Let's hope it happens. Yeah, but they they got there though. They got to the Super Bowl. Like, I know. I know they did. They did get to the. Super- of course, of course, on their defense. But Rex Grossman was the quarterback of that team. That season, like- he threw twenty picks that year. By I'm not even. I know this off the top of my head. Threw twenty picks that year. I'll bet my kid's life on it. That's ridiculous. I'll bet my brother's life on it. So, I don't think we need to bet anything. It sounds like okay, you just know so, how many picks he threw. <laughs> so Peyton Manning goes to four Super Bowls, wins two, just how it, how it shook up in history. Loses two to the Patriots throughout. He, he lost the championship game and he lost the divisional game. He lost. Okay. So he loses two games to Brady mm-hmm. in the playoffs as well. So I'm willing to bet that if Brady doesn't play, that he makes those two Super Bowls that he doesn't make it to. Mm-hmm. And who are the teams that 
ends up winning those Super Bowls and who they play against that season. Patriots beat the Panthers with Jake Delhomme. Okay, I'm saying I'm saying that Manning wins that game. Mm-hmm. They, the Patriots beat the handily beat the the Colts in the divisional, and then they go on to handily beat the Steelers, and then they go on to beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl. So I'm saying, I don't know if the Colts were to defeat the Steelers that year. Yeah, but I do think that they would have beat the Eagles. Okay, so I definitely think that Brady would, or that Manning would have gotten at least one more with no Tom Brady. With the better question for you, Nick B, no Tom Brady, does Philip Rivers have one? Ooh, that's tough because they did lose to the Patriots. They did, and that was a year that they were really good. They were. I, I would say yes. I mean, I, I would say that that season they probably get it done. They lost the Patriots on a couple accounts. They did, but that the one year that they were really good, where they were a one seed and they lost to the Patriots, that was the year to do it. That was the 06 year. That was the year that Manning beats Patriots, beats right. the Bears, wins the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I think that season we had Manning's number anyway. So if we're, you know, calling a spade a spade, then, you know, see you later, Manning. I need to and, see this uh, phone book with the Padres having the numbers of these guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, we got every guy. We got his number. We got this guy's number. But it's a that's a that's an interesting one. Wait, that's the one where the the Colts won in 07. 06. 06, But the so yeah, the game is played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. That's tough. That's really tough to say that the Chargers were going to go and beat that Colts team who ended up winning the Super Bowl. It's tough. I mean, they were fourteen and two that season. The Chargers also lost. They lost the eighteen and one Patriots. Could we then, also could we also go on to say that the Bledsoe injury is the most? I said this to my old man. And he said like the Pip ahead of Gehrig was the most influential injury in sports. But like, okay, sure. But is the Bledsoe injury the most influential in, injury in all of sports? Uh, is it even is it even a question? Influential in, in the in space of allowing another guy to flourish? Then yeah, hundred percent. But I mean, there's definitely been injuries that have been influential to like the safety of the game, right? Like the Lawrence Taylor hit on Joe Theismann, you know, the Brady rule, right? Like yeah, that's true. Quarterbacks has definitely been something that's been influential, but influential might not be the right word. It might be the most impactful injury in terms of a player's career. I'll amend it. I'll amend my vocabulary, but yeah, I it's, it's bonkers to me. Like, Manning would have one more river. Who knows? Like the guys that would have more. McNabb may have one. Jake Delone may have one. We may be Rex talking Grossen about. May have had one. No, I still think he loses. I think. Well, I, I think the craziest thing about Bledsoe wasn't that old. No, he's only, he's only. I think he's. I just looked it up. He's born in seventy two. So he was that happened in two thousand one. So he was twenty nine. Like, yeah. I mean, he still I, went on to have a good career though. He still played played more football. He was decent. Yeah, he played he, for the boys. He's he played eight. for the boys. I don't know about the Bills. He started. Bills. He was decent. Yeah, first overall pick. All, all that to say, I, I'm just the reason why I bring it up is because if Brady is behind him, right? If it's a Rogers Favre situation, he's not seeing the field at least until whatever the end of his contract was. If he decided to go somewhere else, like you've got at least two or three more years. And yeah. you also aren't coming in and winning a champ and winning a Super Bowl. So that's, I think, like the biggest thing, right? Is because mm-hmm. what does that mean for a young guy to step in and win that early and how that changes, like what kind of player you become 
for the rest of your career. I mean, yeah. Pat Mahomes, how quickly he wins and how how much that defines his legacy for going forward. And and yeah. obviously the talent is there, right? Like for good reason why we mm-hmm. think he's going to be a legacy type quarterback for legacy. That's a good word for it. That you know, it, yes, the talent's there, but like what he's done so early in his career, it's it's every guy in sports, yeah. every type of sport. We're talking about Tatis right now, and he's what twenty two, right, Nick? Yep, twenty two. Yeah, and we're talking about what he could be because we see how good he is right now. And it's all about if you can stay healthy and do it consistently. He does it for ten more years. He does it for fifteen more years. We're like, well, yeah, he's ending up everywhere in every category in the record books. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's yeah. just crazy that like. Bledsoe in 2000 is like 5-11. and 11. And Then in 2001, he gets hurt. 0-2. And, and then Brady comes in and wins, and the rest is history. It's just like you're Manning. Like, you don't anticipate that ever happening. Like, you're Peyton Manning. You're not. That's not even like, like okay, like, you're, like, Mahomes, like, sees Herbert get drafted. He's a sixth overall pick. It's like, obviously, he doesn't. He goes, okay, this kid can't beat me. But at the same time, it's like, just a Herbert is supposed to be great. Yeah, but the minute, but that's just something that those guys don't do because the minute that they play that comparative game, that's when they lose. The minute when you're not focusing on yourself as a player to get better every single year, focusing on what you can control, he can't control how good Herbert is. He can't control what the Chargers do. He's got to win his games and get the get the Chiefs to a Super Bowl. That's all that he cares about. Anything it motivates him more to play better. I mean, he looks at a kid like like Herbert, who is you know right around the corner, who is not very far behind him, you know, in terms of right. skill and what he's been doing and in terms of the notoriety that he's gaining from the entire league and all the fans probably motivates him, you know, lights a fire under him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's football, man. I'm excited. Football's back. Football's back, hard, baby. Hard knocks is great. Uh, we'll be back though next week. And I'm excited to be back next week with you guys. And you, the fans, Joshua Fisher, Alexander Disopolis, San Diego zone, staying classy, Nikki snacks, cried over the charity stripe. We outcha. We love you. Fans out there, drag both feet in bounds. Swung on a full count. Rip that puck. Hit that putt. Hit your PKs because they're free. And hit your free throws, guys. Why? Because they're free. Literally they're don't f- cost you anything. Don't cost you nothing. See ya. All right. Good job, Enjoy. boys. Thank you for joining us. Please catch the Charity Stripe every Thursday at 6 p.m. on the Mightier 1090 AM SoCal Sports Talk. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.